Hello. Welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie, and there is no Susan today. This is, uh, uh, she is out sick, and hopefully she is better soon. Um, so I am pulling double duty this week. And so uh, it's going to be a short podcast, but I did want to put something out there. I did want to make sure that there's some content for y'all as we move forward in this fantastic end of March week. So a couple things that uh, that I wanted to, to bring up and mention. The first is I, d- I did want to briefly discuss the logistics of the podcast for the next couple weeks. Um, as you may or may not know, uh, I will be uh, out of the office uh, for a couple weeks. So hopefully uh, there'll be a podcast or two, but otherwise we might be on, on another very uh, small hiatus as we kind of do from time to time. And I know that that might be frustrating for some people who listen, and I, I wish we could do a, a more uh, a simple cadence. But if you haven't noticed, uh, we don't have any ads on this podcast. <laughs> We're probably like the only one of the only podcasts who has no ads and no sponsorship. Um, we just do this for fun. We put it out on our own servers. Um, it's it's just it's just you know something freeing and something unique and something special. Um, and uh, like I said, also a good time. And I know that uh, you know both of us and myself especially. Sometimes we just we just need to talk about stuff sometimes. And there's um, so it's one part interesting, one part uh, <laughs> vanity project, uh, two parts fun, and that's why we do it. So um, please uh, bear with us with patience. Is you know it's not our not our day day jobs. We make no money uh, doing this. So sometimes other stuff, other life stuff, kind of has to has to come first. So uh, that's that's the first thing. I guess we can. I guess I am so used to saying we, it's so strange. Uh, I guess I can dive straight into one of the uh, very small topics that I wanted to bring up today. I have been saying on this podcast for a long time um, that a lot of these AI tools should be illegal. There needs to be more regulation. I mean, I'm probably in more of the extreme, which is like anything over a certain level of sophistication should just be banned and should not be uh, used in the same way that we deal with um uh, self-driving cars or weapons. Uh, there are rules for owning uh, advanced weapons, especially. I, I know here in the United States we have the Second Amendment, which allows yeah, um, you know, uh, the uh, the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, but there is a limit on what those arms mean. Uh, so, for example, uh, you know, you you couldn't have anything that would be considered a weapon of mass destruction. Like you can't just like have a bunch of plutonium and say it's my Second Amendment right that doesn't that doesn't cut them you know doesn't doesn't cut it does not work so uh, there are lines somewhere and uh, so that there certainly could be lines that the government could draw could be enforced in regulatory frameworks that uh, we already use all the time for all sorts of other. Uh, other businesses, other applications, other way we do, other ways we do international treaties. Um, so, for example, uh, you cannot sell, and you cannot do business with. It is a crime to sell endangered animals in certain forms or functions. So, um, my understanding, and I could be wrong, but my understanding is that if you want to go out and buy some ivory, uh, you know, which is the the, the uh, tusks of elephants, if you wanted to go out 
and uh, sort of, you know, buy a bunch of, enda- you know, pick the endangered animal, you know, a bunch of stuffed, you know, fill in the blanks. Um, that is illegal. And not only is it illegal in the United States, if you are a U.S. citizen and you are a business and you are caught doing this kind of stuff with other countries, uh, they can you they, they can also be in trouble. Um, there are international treaties and agreements so that it's not just um, try, try to avoid some of the problems uh, where we that might exist with AI, where you know we sort of stop and other countries keep going. There has to be a way to kind of do this all together so that um, uh, much like the pro- pro- proliferation of nuclear weapons, which is why we have the nuclear proliferation, pro- I cannot say that word, proliferation uh, treaty, um, which sort of ties all of the nuclear powers together in a way that hopefully prevents the spread and sale and development of just and testing of just enormous um, nuclear weapons. Uh, the same, you know, could be done with AI in some capacity. And it's not a golden ticket uh, as uh, we, you know, we live in a dangerous world and uh, with dangerous tools uh, come potential for governments to do reckless things. But at least there's a, it's a something instead of a just free for all. So there was a letter today um, that says, uh, pause giant AI experiments and open letter. Uh, and uh, this has been, this is a very short letter. I'm going to read it in its entirety um, because it, I think it's important. Uh, it's been signed allegedly. I heard there was a rumor that some some people didn't, you know, said that they were signed, but they actually hadn't signed, and people are signing on their behalf. So uh, they're they're sort of slowing down to make sure that they've uh, that they vetted things. But the people who I I believe are have vetted this are going to be people like Steve Wozniak and Andrew Yang and Stuart Russell and Elon Musk and um, a bunch of other, you know. People I don't, you know, I don't know, but if you're in sort of the the AI community might mean something to you. I, I, you know, uh, that's, uh, you know, Evan Sharp, he's the founder of Pinterest. Uh, yeah, there's lot, lots of lots of people have signed this, uh, and I'm sure more people will as well. And the letter uh, goes as follows. Um, AI systems with human competitive intelligence can pose profound risks to society and humanity, as shown by extensive research and acknowledged by top AI labs. There's a citation there um i will as i read i will <laughs> i will add my my own uh, comments uh for better or for worse um i continue as stated in the widely endorsed uh alzamar ai principles probably pronounced that wrong i apologize advanced ai could represent a profound change in the history of life on earth and should be planned for and managed with commensurate care and resources unfortunately this level of planning and management is not happening even though recent months have seen ai labs locked in an all-out-of-control race to develop and deploy ever more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. Contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive at general tasks, and we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? And I will pause here because um, there was a th- there was a first for, for me. Uh, and there was a picture that went around um, that I saw of the Pope uh, wearing a very sort of funny, but very Pope-like large puffy jacket. And it's not out of the realm of 
possibility that the Pope would do such a thing. The Pope often wears large white outfits of various sorts. The Pope travels around. It is cold. The Pope is outside. The Pope needs to be warm. And so sort of having a, a pontiff's jacket uh, with a lot of down and sort of a, 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 a drawstring around it makes a lot of sense. I saw it. I chuckled. Um, and that picture has, uh, turns out, is was AI generated. It's not a real picture. It was AI generated. And that is the first time I can recall where um, I, I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. Uh, but it's the first time I can recall where I saw something and it was presented in a way that from a tr reputable source for me, um, and I believe the picture to be authentic completely. And I had, you know, I keep my, I, I generally keep my guard up. I see a lot of stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's not real or nah, you, that's not real art or, you know, I, I keep my guard up a little bit, you know, um, if it's anything political you know, oh, oh look, the, the F-16s have been scrambled and so-and-so, and it's some shaky footage or something. It's like, it's probably made in, in a computer game engine or something. Um, but this was this was a very high-resolution, uh, normal-looking picture of the Pope walking around, and I was fooled. So um, that's, that is a first for me. I am sure it will not be the last and probably has not been the first. It probably hasn't been the first. I just probably didn't know about other stuff that I saw. So that's a, um, that, that is a, a new line for myself personally in which I can't tell the difference between AI generated phot photography and not. Um, and, and I would say I have a pretty discerning eye and I think a lot of people do as well. Okay. So that's a problem. Uh, Next, uh, as I continue with the letter, should we automate all away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? This is a very dark letter. Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Such decisions must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and the risk will be manageable. This confidence must be well justified and increased with the magnitude of the system's potential effects. OpenAI's recent statement regarding artificial general intelligence states that, quote, at one point, at some point, it may be important to get independent review before starting to train future systems and for the most advanced efforts to agree to the limit to limit the rate of growth of compute used for creating new models. Unquote. We agree that point is now. Therefore, we call on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. Now, this is a... <sighs> this is where the politics always gets into play, and it's going to cause a lot of trouble. A six-month pause is unfortunately not going to be very good. Uh, it's not going to work, and I'll tell you why it's not going to work. Um, because GPT-4, OpenAI currently has the lead they have a lead by maybe about six months um over other platforms and the whole point of having a lead and you can ask apple and you can ask uh, amd or nvidia or any other company that is in a tech space that is always improving and always iterating it is very hard to get a lead over your competitors and once you have a lead uh, it, it, that's, that's where the profit is. You know, if you are 
Intel, and for 25 years, you had the best CPUs on earth, um, that is profitable. And it wasn't like the CPUs Intel had were always five years ahead of their competitors. No, there's six months, a year, one generation ahead. You know, always, they're always a generation ahead, always a generation ahead. Um, Apple has been like this with their smartphones for a number of cycles where they just have the cutting edge nodes on all the new iPhones and they're just a generation ahead, a generation ahead. Now they're not, you know, they're not four generations ahead, but being ahead allows them to just have a better product than everyone else. And that's where you make all your money because you have a market differentiator. If you are OpenAI or Microsoft and you go, oh yeah, of course, uh, you know, uh, Steve Wozniak over at Apple, well, used to be at Apple. And of course, you know, Elon Musk at Tesla. And of course, you know, you know, all the, the people over at Google. Yeah, of course they want a six month pause, you know, so that they can catch up to, uh, you know, GPT-4. And then, you know, and then we'll be on level footing and oh, right. So we're getting into sort of the, the politics and the money aspect of this, and this is why I, I I've always advocated for a ban over a certain level, not necessarily a stop at of time, not necessarily a um, a arbitrary line about well, let's stop here because this is where we are today. I've always maintained that it should be a ban on and base it on capability, not on where we are today or where we are tomorrow or whatever. Um, Nothing is preventing us from going further than than this. We can. It is fine for us to say that GPT four is too advanced, actually, and we shouldn't even have GPT four. So, um, I understand that they're just taking the low hanging fruit of this is where we are in this moment, and we need to pause. Um, but that is not. It's not going to work, in my personal opinion. I'll go back to the letter. Um, this pause should be public and verifiable and include all key actors. If such a pause cannot be enacted quickly, government should step in and institute a memorandum. Yeah, government should be stepping in regardless. AI Labs and independent uh, experts should use this pause to jointly develop and implement a set of shared safety protocols for advanced AI design and development that are rigorously audited and overseen by independent outside experts. These protocols should ensure that systems adhering to them are safe beyond a reasonable doubt. This does not mean a pause on AI development in general, merely a stepping back from the dangerous race to ever larger, unpredictable black box models with emergent capabilities. Well, uh, I'm not an AI expert. I'm not deep in the field. I am ancillary to the field. Uh, I have a passing understanding of the technology involved, but I am not a computer science major. Um, I dabble in computer science, but I'm not an expert in it. Uh, I, I'm not, I am not sure, um, that, you know, saying that this does not mean a pause on AI development in general. I, sounds like, I think that's exactly what I'm looking for because if you don't pause the research, how do you pause, how do you stop the gains from happening? Um, or that research sort of leapfrogging into open source protocols or stuff like that. AI research and development should be refocused on making today's powerful state-of-the-art systems more accurate, safe, interoperable, transparent, robust, aligned, trustworthy, and loyal. 
In parallel, AI developers must work with policymakers to dramatically accelerate develop, development of robust AI governance systems. This should, at a minimum, include new and capable regulatory authorities dedicated to AI, <laughs> oversight and tracking of highly capable AI systems, and a large pool of computational capability, provenance and watermarking, watermarking, watermarking systems to help distinguish real from synthetic and real and track model leaks, a robust auditing and certification ecosystem, liability for AI's caused harm. There you go. That's a good one. Robust public funding for technical AI safety research. <laughs> okay. Yep, public funding. Okay. And well-resourced institutions for coping with the dramatic economic and political disruptions, especially to democracy that AI will cause. So I have a lot of problems with this paragraph, um, a ton of problems with this paragraph. This is such a, what they, they're very careful. They're saying what we don't want is we don't want the government to swoop in and regulate all the fun stuff we're doing. Please, government, no. Leave it up to us, the private sector. We'll regulate ourselves. It'll be fine. Like, we should develop robust AI governance systems. Um, but it's not It's not going to work, you know? And, yeah, oh, yeah, a regulatory authority that rubber stamps whatever we do. It's not going to work. Um, industry after industry after industry especially here in the United States. I can't speak to other nations. Uh, there have been private oversight of safety stuff, and it's always been a disaster for the most part. Um, just off the top of my head, pollution, it, it, no total disaster except when the EPA was formed and cr created mandatory uh, uh, minimums for pollution. Um, electrical safety, that's all mandated. Occupational hazard safety, that's all OSHA. Um, you know, uh, train transit safety, uh, that's all a disaster. All the, all the transit stuff is all uh, very tightly um, regulated uh, from uh, cars and trucks and cars and truck safety. That's all government man mandated. It, uh, I haven't seen any capability in the private sector to regulate any sort of technology from harm or dangers basically successfully mostly at all so this is a plea to the federal governments please let us continue to play in our sandbox don't take our toys away um and I, by toys i also mean uh billions of dollars in money as well um so they they want their cake and they want to eat it too uh, this, whoever wrote this particular letter, probably an AI system. That would be uh, a high degree of irony. Um, <laughs> so, but yes, uh, new and capable regulatory authorities, fine. Um, uh, anyways, yeah, so this is all, you know, robust public funding for t AI safety research. Okay, how about the private funding, huh? No, no, that's not going to happen. Um so, uh, it's, uh, it's fine. I'm glad that people are starting to care a little bit. Um, let me just, I'll just finish this off. There's one little paragraph left. Humanity can enjoy a flourishing future with AI. Having succeeded in creating powerful AI systems, we can 
Now enjoy an AI summer in which we reap the rewards, engineer these systems for the clear benefit of all, and give society a chance to adapt. Society has hit pause on other technologies with potential catastrophic effects on society. And they have a footnote for that. What is that? Examples include human cloning, human germline modification, gain-of-function research, and eugenics. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. We can do so here. Let's enjoy a long AI summer, not rush unprepared into a fall. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> this is my own personal opinion. If you're going to use an analogy of a season, summer implies that there's an end and that we will eventually get to fall and that fall, then everything's terrible. Um, the whole point yeah, give society a chance to to adapt. The the entire point is that we don't get there. So the whole the point of the nuclear um, non proliferation treaty is that governments were exploding giant nuclear bombs all over Earth, depositing radiation in the atmosphere and creating larger and larger and larger bombs. That there's no reason to make a nuclear device larger than that. I believe. I, uh, I I once read from a physicist that at a certain point, um, a nuclear uh, warhead, when it detonates, it doesn't get bigger. It just explodes the atmosphere into space faster. <laughs> you know, just so large that the atmosphere above it is just exploded into space. But it's not, you know, so uh, there doesn't need to be more development of nuclear weapons for the purpose of war. We, we've done it. We've hit the mountaintop. Um, we have treaties that say, just stop. Just just don't do it anymore. Go, you know, if you want to do research on new generations of uh, nuclear reactors that are smaller and safer, that's fine. If you want to do uh, research on how to maintain current nuclear arms fleets so that they don't degrade, that's fine. But we don't need to make a bigger nuclear weapon for war. We you know, in the United States, we have enough. You know, we have enough to end the world a couple times. Like we'll be, well, sorry, not end the world, but end like life on Earth a couple times, or at least human civilization. So we don't we don't need anymore. And uh, the same is sort of you know um, true of gain of function research, which uh, is the idea of turning viruses or bacteria and adding functions to them. Um, combining them to make more viral, more deadly, more spreadable, contagious disease by adding functions, gain of function. Um, so, like there, there's some stuff, and and I would say that, especially due to government regulation, there has been in my lifetime a pause on some of the um, bioethical problems that have existed. Uh, human cloning, of course, being one, uh, there are there are treaties in place. There are other things again for uh, not let's like let's not purposely develop uh, really really um, novel viruses. <laughs> I think we we've we've had enough viruses. Um, I know there is a little bit of debate of debate about exactly uh, how COVID came to be um I, I still am going to take the government's response that it probably just arose naturally and was discovered 
and then was studied in the uh, in in you know by in China and maybe it got out in a lab leak, but that it wasn't you know artificially man-made. Um, I don't know if that's been definitively proven or not. I'm not. I don't. It doesn't. It kind of doesn't matter. Um, the I mean, it does matter, but it's not. Uh, it, that's that's probably not going to be known for years, if ever. Um, so, but the important part is, you know, we don't need more really, really nasty viruses to exist in the world. We should be working on eradicating them, like polio, through vaccination efforts. So, that is a very securitous and probably too political joint jaunt jaunt over to um, having a long AI summer is not good enough. Uh, it it should be paused. It should be rolled back. It should be illegal. There should be uh, nationwide treaties in which governments, using the force of military and sanctions, stop other countries from doing this. There are um, penalties. If you're a nation and you start developing nuclear weapons, there are penalties for that. It is illegal to do that. I can't start a startup in Silicon Valley and be like, I'm going to start making nuclear bombs. I'm going to start enriching uranium to fissionable states so that I can just start making my own private sector nuclear warheads. You can't do that. You can't do that. So I don't think that private companies should be able to do that in any country for um, AI over a certain um, level of sophistication. So uh, I wanted to read that letter. I thought that uh, that was, it came out yesterday or today. Um, this being what is this, 29th of March, 2023. So I wanted to um, uh, comment on that. I, I've been, I know I've been talking about AI probably too much. Um, we've probably been talking about AI more than UX, uh, but to be entirely honest, um, it, <laughs> it seems to be slightly, slightly more important uh, than some of the, the normal UX topics that we speak about. So I just, I'm going to leave that there and I'm going to pivot now um, to something that is a little more UXy, a little bit of inside baseball. Uh, we are thinking about what content to create next. And for those of you who are fans of ours, um, we have made a lot of content. Uh, Susan has written an extensive number of books since the 90s. Uh, I have written myself a book. We have um, a blog that uh, I... I uh, unfortunately has not been very well maintained over the last three years since the pandemic uh, did start. We've had a lot of, I have mixed message, mixed thoughts about the blog. We get some traffic to the blog, but not a lot of people are reading blogs as much as they used to. Uh, some people, I guess you can have a sub stack. Yeah. You, you can have, you know, you're on medium, you're doing something. Um, but there's a lot of really, really, really good content out there. There are, there are more content creators than ever before. With AI, you know, um, something as simple as a blog post is even easier to automate, to read, to create, um, and that's just written word. So it's been hard for us to put time, take time out of our working uh, lives and our personal lives to create um, for any of you who are creators out there, you know what I'm saying? It takes a tremendous amount. You have to be in like the right space. You have to be ready to create. It takes a lot of energy. Um, there are some people, uh, and and 
you know, they're, they're awesome, can just create all the time constantly. I know for myself, I just, I have to be in the right space in order to be heavily creative. So to have like a daily cadence, even a weekly cadence of writing uh, on a new topic that's interesting and accurate and has citations, and it, it's a lot of work, um, probably more work than a lot of people realize. So, you know, we were looking about what to let go and the, the blog was sort of one of that. We have a lot of online course trainings that we did um, and we put together and those have been a lot of work. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're thinking about um, maybe what is next for us at the Team W and as far as content creation goes. Uh, we still do our normal work, which is um, we do all sorts of in-person workshops, uh, remote workshops, um, consulting, contracting. Um, we've been doing some W2 recruiting for some clients. We're, we're doing, doing all sorts of fun stuff. Um, but what about content for uh, the fans that we have, for the people who would like to just on a casual basis, you know, consume some fun thoughts and ideas. So one of the things I think we are actually going to do, we're going to do a couple things. Uh, the first is this podcast. Um, we're going to continue to do that, uh, like I said earlier, because it's fun. The second is I think we're going to write a, we're going to get back to book writing. Um, we have uh, a book that is a revision, a second edition of one of Susan's other books um, that is in the pipeline, and hopefully that will be coming out shortly. And um, we'd also like to write some new books as well. And I know I just said that AI could automate everything we do and write books, but I'm not sure that an AI could necessarily... I know AI could write a book, and it could probably write a good book, but I don't think it could write the book that I... <laughs> Susan and I want to write, if that makes sense. Like we have a we have a couple of visions for it, and there's something about putting a body of knowledge or a body of thoughts together. And whether that's in an online course or whether that's just in text format, different mediums are sort of fun to play in. And I do feel like um, we have some things to say that would be nice to put it together in one collection, in one, you know, this is sort of where we're at at this period of time. And these are our thoughts about that and kind of put a bow on it. Um, much like an artist would an album. Uh, you know, this this is sort of a collection of my works, my songs at this period of time. Um, and maybe it's a body, you know, it's an album. It's a body of work that fits together. Maybe it's just you know, here's some songs that I wrote, you know, these last two years, Wh whatever it is. Um, and then it's like a, th a thing that is finished and exists. Um, and as someone who, you know, I'm a little creative, I wouldn't say I'm a highly creative person, but I definitely have that desire. And I, I have dabbled in a lot of different mediums. And it's it is fun to go through all the work and at the end have a not perfect uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I ever get to what I would call perfection in my in my stuff, but um, something I am proud of, something that is a sort of a collection of of a lot of my thoughts and ideas in a cohesive manner, and that's great to have. So, two uh, books that we are considering, and if you have thoughts, you can um, email me at info at the uh, Also, if you have questions on the podcast, I'd like to do a Q and A one of these days. Um, so if you have questions, feel free to 
write them in. We'll do a, a Q and a on a, on a, on a podcast sometime, but, um, we had a request recently, uh, to do, uh, Susan has done the very famous, you know, 100 things every designer needs to know about people. Um, 100 more things. There's a hundred things, uh, you need to know about, uh, being a presenter. Um, there's a how to get people to do stuff book, but especially the hundred things someone wanted us to write a book, um, hundred things every designer, uh, should know about AI. I give this, um, I'll start there because I gave this, uh, this particular topic and some thought It's a difficult topic to write a book about because a book is a point in time and AI being constantly evolving. And we are just at the beginning of how, um, designers work will change using various AI softwares. So it is, it's a challenging, it's a, it's a good, it's a good idea. It's a interesting challenge. Um, but could you really write a book about it? Because a lot of the hundred things has, is very practical. There's like a lot of, um, you know, uh, here's how to, what to do with line length and why here's the science behind it. Right. And here's the citation. And that is, uh, like a very, like you can do this thing, um, you know, based on X or Y, but we're talking about this very moving target, uh, where we don't know how AI is going to affect, um, in, in specifics, how it's going to affect design. We don't know what its capabilities will, will be. Uh, so, you know, we would just be sort of making guesses about the future. Uh, but are there maybe some universal truths that we could develop that we could figure out, uh, about designing an AI? And I think we've, uh, enumerated them, some of them in, in our, um, various podcasts about, uh, UX and AI. And um, that's an interesting challenge. I don't know if we, can, <laughs> I was thinking the person had suggested that it was like a hundred things every designer needs to know about AI. And it's like, man, a hundred is a lot for a future technology that we don't know enough about. It's like, I wonder if we could get to 50. <laughs> uh, so, so that's, um, that is one topic that we're kicking around. Um, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, that's a, that is a, it's a fun challenge. I would love to write that book. I just don't know if, I don't know if it's possible to write that book since we, you know, know so little about it. It would, uh, the, uh, a sillier example would be like 100 things every designer needs to know about, you know, flying cars or something, right? Like we, we have some concept of what a flying car might be, but I have no idea how it works or the flying car highway or the technology or, right? There's just so many unknowns about how a flying car society would look like um, that it's, it's hard to write that book. So that's, um, that's, that's one. The second book um, that we are thinking of writing, and I won't spoil too much um, because <laughs> we've actually already started work on it, uh, is a little bit more about um, UX. And it's, um, I guess I'll just say it's sort of a, it's a summation of kind of everything that we've learned doing UX, helping companies with UX, being in the field for as long as we have, seeing all sorts of different stuff. And um, may, maybe in some ways it's a it's a summary, a, a compendium of that particular set of knowledge. And even if AI <laughs> replaces all of it, um, you'd still have to train the AI to do the jobs that the humans are doing. And so I think the the information in it doesn't change in some capacity. 
um, you know, but like like just because you have AI and AI could automate, we'll just say user testing, for example, you still need to do the user testing uh, if you're really designing for humans still. So um, there there are just sort of these sort of universal truths, I think, about UX, about the importance of UX, about how to um, do UX in the best way within an organization. And that doesn't, that's not to say that there are, um, that every, you know, that there's only one right way. And that's not just, I don't want to get, you know, too much into methodology, like the correct, you know, way to do, you know, a a card sorting or something. There are, that's, that's a little bit more in the methodological practitioner, um, sense uh but this 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 is going to be a little bit um uh more comprehensive and and probably dive deeper into parts of ux that a lot that that are beyond uxers control like how ux is um exists within an organization and the challenges that uh, that creates be it uh working with development or being within engineering or um, being understaffed and under-resourced and how that sort of affects uh, the ability to do UX um, and, and what maybe some best practices are to actually have UX be done more efficiently uh, and be done more accurately. So these are, uh, that's that's sort of a uh, an ongoing project of uh, that, that we will continue to work on. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not going to be done next week, that's for sure. Uh, but, but I just wanted to give sort of some some big thoughts to know that yes we are working on new content yes we plan on continuing to uh do the podcast uh, on a regular ba- basis and a regular cadence um and uh i just wanted to have something come out this week uh that hopefully uh, everyone could enjoy um so i'm i'm gonna wrap up here i'm trying to think you know this is so rare for me because i'm always on with susan and so i don't always get to just say anything I want. And so this is very fun and freeing being on an open mic. And I'm wondering if there's any other topics that this sort of is my chance to to talk about um, that, that we never get to talk about. I don't I don't think I will. I think I'll I'll keep I'll keep it all to myself. Um, so in conclusion, I hope you all have a fantastic uh, day and week. Um, keep an eye out for various letters. I am gl- about AI and about uh, public pressure to slow it down because uh, especially in the United States, we usually have a history of not regulating until there's a disaster and it's too late. Um, and that's probably going to be the case now. But if it's a an issue that politicians are thinking about, if there's bills that don't get passed, but at least are created, you know, um, next time there is a problem, it's the bill is ready to go. These people have already thought about it. Politicians have opinions and we can, there's like a, we've done a lot of the background societal work on determining, you know, what, where to go. Um, even if, you know, we don't have the political action immediately, uh, you know, there are kind of stakes in the sand, so to speak, that, that are, uh, that are the the back a backstop that we can we as a society can 
um, springboard off of as we can as we continue to think about uh, these things. So uh, I'm glad to see that I am not alone, and uh, I'm glad to see that this issue is starting to work its way into the mainstream. And I will wait for other politicians to start to talk about uh, these very important issues uh, that are happening. Uh, best of luck to everyone out there. I hope you all have a great week. Thank you for listening. I had a lot of fun and I will talk to you soon. Bye.